All right, 8 o'clock on the East Coast, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, everybody. Lots to do on a Tuesday night. Slick Rick in his Halloween <laughs> orange is here. Going to do some sports. Rick Delgado is going to do the news. David Zier sitting in. Going to do some news as well. Of course, just got back from being on the ground in Iowa. Sioux City, I believe it was, Iowa. We'll talk about that as well. We've got some other video from Mr. Zio when he was there. Uh, lots to talk about. Uh, Mr. Zier, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. My thanks grand- for uh, thanks for coming in. Yep, yep. My grandkids were out trick-or-treating so I can go steal all their candy. Tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You bring it here. Mr. Delgado, how are you? I am good. What are you dressed Happy up as? Happy Halloween. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I went A for A funny the, talk uh, show host. Yeah. Nobody recognized yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was going to say I was going to dress up like Slick Rick, but, you know, yeah, good. he doesn't need to dress up. Actually, somebody, this is you like know, every day. Yeah, yes. Slick, uh, first of all, Slick, you look great, as always. Nice color. Very um, nice. You showed me a picture earlier today. We were, we were together that uh, someone actually tried to dress up like you. Yes, his boss uh, asked him to dress up with me. He nailed the hair <laughs> perfect and had the nice, sparkly, burgundy uh, overcoat there. It looked good. Did yeah. he spend 500 bucks on his hair, too? Yeah, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Uh, so Slick's looking good. What's coming up? Anything big in sport happening in sports? What's coming up tonight in sports? Well, you got World Series Game 4 coming oh. up tonight. We're going to get okay. into that. Uh, the Brett Favre case uh, got thrown out against Shannon Sharp earlier today as well. And Aaron Rodgers talking about vaccines. All of a sudden, boom, his podcast just went well, got wiped out with Pat McAfee. <laughs> oh, what do you know? Just went blank. Mystery. All right. Very good. Uh, lots to get to in the news, obviously. Uh, we'll talk some more about Israel. Ten Ways America First uh, Can Help Israel Now, Daniel Horowitz, today in the blaze. We'll get to that. We'll get to some other things. But, David Zier, let me come to you. What was your um, – tell us a little bit about on being on the ground in Iowa. Obviously, January, I believe, 15th is the first, obviously, when we kick it into full gear for election season. The caucuses in Iowa first. Uh, but being on the ground here a couple months before that, what was your – what's your takeaways? It's only 70 days away. Can you believe yeah. that? And um, I have a lot of info for you. Uh, and to expand on your last night's coverage of the Des Moines Register poll, there's more questions. Yeah, we talked about that last night. We played your video of you yeah. with the Germans, which I, I went through all your videos. I thought they were all good. Some of the people seemed a little timid to talk to you. But the Germans, I thought, had a lot of good insight. That's why I picked that one, because yeah. of uh, what's going on there, some of the similarities, some of the things Trump was right about, some of the energy decisions they've made. Obviously, the immigration problems they have, just like we have. So I, I played that one. I know you have another one you're going to play tonight. I thought they were good, those guys. Uh, they were great. And I, I interviewed a lot of high school students out there. Freshmen in high school came out. It was just They're like salt of the earth in the Midwest. I, I love it. It's my fifth time on the ground in Iowa. Um, I really love the Midwest. And you're driving down the highway, and there's not a lot of traffic. And it was 24 degrees at night. But... Um, it's really a, a wonderful place. And I always say, you know, once you like go west of the Hudson River and south of Jersey, you kind of find people who love our country again. Not that they don't exist here, but it's just a different it's a different tone. Um, and uh, people are just so nice. I think the nicest people in the country are from Iowa. Um, I just feel that way, you know, and uh, Iowa, Texas. Um, just great, great salt of the earth people online. And they are timid because they're not like assuming and they're not cocky and they're not loud and they're not arrogant. It's kind of like what we miss about New York sometimes, you know, get me a schmear on a bagel or whatever. And, but 
Um, They're just people who are hurting, and even the farmers are working second jobs. So I have a lot of info for you on Iowa tonight um, and a little breakdown into the caucus and where Trump stands and also, uh, you know, some interesting um, information that was extrapolated from the poll from Des Moines Register. I think it's really fascinating. Okay. We talked a little bit about some of the top line numbers. I know you're going to dig a little deeper into that. We'll do that. Um, you know, I was, I was listening to, uh, who was I listening to today? Somebody talking about, and what we've brought up here on this show, because normally things that the media covers, obviously the media covers their, uh, you know, their ideology, their propaganda for the Democrat party. And most of what they cover is really a fleeting importance most of the time. And then, um, when you think about things that have really changed the political landscape, and I, and I don't know that, I, I don't know, I guess I brought this up. And I don't know that we're there yet, but it seems to me that I just don't see how the wheels cannot be turning into this way. When you think about events that have really changed, lasting change on the political landscape for either party, uh, you think about 1964, obviously a small number of white um, Southern Democrats go into the Republican Party. Uh, obviously, it, that foretold kind of a shift of, of all Southern whites into the GOP, uh, kind of fundamentally changes the political landscape. And I, I, you just wonder if, you, if you're seeing something like that in the Jewish community, in a specifically a, a, an exodus from progressive and liberalism in the Democrat Party. I said this before. If you're, if you're a Jew and you're a Jewish and you have been voting Democrat for whatever reason, how could these events have not kick-started a deep second thought into what you're voting for? As you see what has happened since October 7th, I don't understand how it cannot be a wake-up call to the Jewish community that has continued to vote for progressives and Democrats when they look at these elite universities, mostly staffed by progressive leftists uh, who who have consistently now been denouncing Israel since October 7th as a genocidal colonial regime. Uh, what you're seeing from students. Um, and there's a lot of other data out there to suggest that there, there are other changes in the Jewish community going on, specifically with their embracing and um, of buying guns in the last few months. Some of the data that came out today, and I think it was an NBC report, um, yeah, they, NBC ran a story called Not Safe Anywhere Now. American Jews are flocking to gun training classes. Uh, not just Jews in cities with large Jewish populations. They're suddenly inundating gun stores and shooting ranges. And obviously that's not something you really thought. When you think about anti-Semitism in the country, you think, you know, you think of one-off events or certain things, and you certainly don't associate things like that with the cure for it. But uh, I just wonder, and I'm interested in what everybody you guys think <laughs> here, if, there's, if, we're, if we're undergoing a, a major shift in, in voting patterns from the Jewish community in this country. I'm not so sure. You know, I came back from Iowa, and I get in the, to the car service from the airport, and um, the guy is a very liberal Jewish guy. 
hates Trump with a passion, still hates Trump with a passion. Everything is everybody's fault. He has these false perceptions that Ukraine is kicking Russia's butt and all this crazy stuff. And I don't know if they're going to change en masse. I don't know. I don't think enough of them will. You know, a lot of Orthodox Jews don't think Israel has the right to exist. You see Jews in the inside Grand Central Station last week backing the pro-Hamas rallies. It was so weird. And I think the majority of Jewish people in this country um, are in jeopardy. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of bad things this year, but I don't know what it's going to take, Damon. I really don't. From this NBC article, guns were not previously on the agenda to combat anti-Semitism. The first line of defense always prioritized educating Americans about the Holocaust, improving society to eliminate um, hate and being good, generous members of the community. Um, this shift will particularly likely be as the number of Orthodox Jews who are overwhelmingly politically conservative start to replace liberal secular Jews. Uncertainties aside, the likely outcome will be Jews moving rightwards. Almost certainly Jews will lose their enthusiasm for open borders. Given that millions of new arrivals will likely be Muslims, Jews can see what has happened in Europe as large numbers of Muslims enter European countries. Anti-Jewish violence increases. They can also see this at home as Muslim immigrants gain an electoral foothold in Minnesota and Michigan. Many Jews will also now look down at the feel-good multiculturalism that dominates American education from kindergarten to the universities that they once favored. If it worked as advertised to quell hate at its source, why do all the young people call for abolishing of Israel? A new, more accurate view is that preaching the we are all brothers gospel is camouflaged cultural Marxism that celebrates the oppressed while Jews being white and affluent are the oppressor and must be eliminated by decolonization. Jews thrive in Western civilization. Their enemies hate it. And much of the contemporary education, top to bottom, hates Western civilization. Jews may become uneasy about the long-term black-Jewish alliance built around a shared liberal agenda. Anti-Semitism has long had a presence among blacks. And the recent BLM celebration of Hamas confirms the worst fears of many Jews. Perhaps it's time to put some distance in that relationship as well. More generally, recent events may bring the end of the knee-jerk liberalism among Jews. The shift away from the left that began in Israel decades ago may have finally arrived in the U.S. What do you think, Delgado? Well, um, I think you've got a lot of false perceptions, uh, something that David had mentioned, but also self-hating. Uh, there's that phrase, self-hating Jews. There's a lot of self-hating Jewish people. For some reason, and I don't understand it, like I don't understand that mindset, um, I just don't get it. I just don't understand how you could be, you know, Jewish or of Jewish descent and be so hateful to, to who you are. I mean, to me, that's it's alien to think that way. Don't, don't, don't make a sound. Chuck Schumer, um, Bernie Sanders, Thomas right. Friedman, you could start with those three. And it just, it baffles my mind that these people actually exist. It's like, you know what? I hate white people so much, I'm going to kill myself. You notice the people that hate themselves so much never do anything about themselves. They just they just talk and they and they try to con condition people to think like they do. Now, in terms of the the Grand Central thing that you mentioned, David, um, don't believe that those people were Jewish. There was some. There were some, but most of them weren't. No, and I didn't say most. And, and it's just it's almost like January sixth. You have a lot of people, and all of a sudden you have the bad actors who portray themselves. Oh, we're just like you. Know you. What? I 
and and they go in and they're the they're the actual cause of the problem, not the problem, not the people who are the actual Jews. Oh, so yeah. so I would try and uh, and keep that in mind that that what you see portrayed. Oh, NBC News said it. Uh, they ain't telling no, you the I, truth. No, I saw I saw I saw people there, but you know. I, I work with a lot of Jews in business uh, for many, many years in, in development. And uh, there's a there's a section of business owners and builders that are very conservative. And they, they 100% support the Israel and the IDF. And they're really... But most Jews on Long Island are Reformed Jews. They, they are very liberal. They are very liberal. And uh, it, it never made sense to me either. So, you know, I, I don't know. They got to wake up. Yeah. I mean, you think about... You think about the Democratic Party, not only in the self-hating Jew department, like you said, Delgado, but also in the just the department of they continue to embrace defunding the police, ending cash bail, uh, hostility to meritocracy. I mean, all of it you think about, um, none of that goes over, it continually goes over in the Jewish community. Look at what happened this past weekend. They're told you have to stay inside. Yeah. We can't protect you. I mean, you know, that's – this is all – all things that the left uh, has brought on in this country. All right, more news and sports. Delgado Zier and, of course, Slickrick with sports all coming up on a Tuesday Halloween. hour on a Tuesday, October 31st, Halloween. Happy Halloween. Hope to see all the cute trick-or-treaters come to your house. Now, Aaron is Aaron is a... I always thought Aaron was a serial killer from the yes. time that we hired her. Eight. And uh, tonight she's proven me correct that she is... Uh, Aaron, you're a serial killer tonight, right? Yes, I am Boo Berry, specifically this serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> turn, turn to the left just slightly so we can say, look at this. Oh, look at there this. you go. Oh, yeah. So there you go. She is official a serial killer, <laughs> which wow. none of us out here are really surprised about. So, anyway, um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, slick. Let's do some sports. Right. Sports is brought to you oh, by. It explains the hat, I guess. I Mike Lindell. Yeah. I like that hat. Nice color. Yeah. Use our code LFS6B when you shop there. Big sale starting November 1st all the way through December 31st. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? Well, we got World Series Game 4, Big D, out in uh, Arizona, Chase Field. Big one. Uh, no score yet. Bottom of the first, just on the way. And uh, we'll see what happens. Texas Rangers do lead the series 2-1. to one, And if they win tonight, they'll go up 3-1 to one with a commanding lead. And the Texas Rangers, by the way, are the first team to win nine straight on the road. Anybody the watching playoffs. this series? What's the viewership been like in three games? I haven't watch one pitch no oh, you no. mean of the uh, the world it's, series it's not you know is that on yet exactly <laughs> i mean you know what it is if you if you live in arizona or texas good chance you're watching it. a lot of them are houston astro fans so they're rooting against the rangers and uh of course arizona it's it's nice when something good happens there once in a while now and then so you know but man oh man i don't know nobody's really watching big day we'll get the numbers though when i get that sports media watch i'll have the numbers but on rick it. they it's, say it's east and west time. coast series get the most viewership oh, absolutely right? so. no question i mean dodgers yankees is 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 unbelievable even boston you know draws well phillies drew well um but yeah the Cubs did and the well. Times 
times are weird for East Coasters. The times are weird for the East Coast. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, it's not, uh, I don't think it's drawing all that well, but uh, we're going to see. And let's recap that lousy Monday night game. We will not do that, but uh, just a terrible game altogether. <laughs> Detroit, which I had a feeling they'd win, but I wanted to play devil's advocate, kind of like Rick on Friday. And uh, Don't we play me. Detroit, Detroit Lions <laughs> over the uh, LA Raiders, 26 to 14. So who won, who covered, who won that? Aaron, Aaron won that one, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I got to keep you happy because you don't want to see me picking the same as Hoss. So I got to, you know, oh, my you goodness. Know, oh, so my excuses are out. Oh, man. Oh, looks like yeah, a blame pa- game tonight. Pa- yeah. Pandering to the host here. Uh, Ooh, and, uh, sounds like Biden with all his excuses. But I'll tell you one thing, man. That, 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 terrible game last night. I mean, that uh, that offensive line for the Raiders looked like a JV squad. I mean, they were just absolutely awful. Josh Daniels really has no clue. Team is in a lot of trouble. I feel bad. Nick387, absolute great guy in the chat. Diehard Raider fan since he was probably born. But uh, he knows it's going to be another probably 20 years before this team gets together. You see, Devontae Adams, he's looking for a new family for sure after that game because he's he didn't even get one re- oh yeah one reception last night but just absolutely terrible so and late we know what we missed we gotta miss the uh, NHRA Big D I gotta recap that we've been doing rodeo but how about the NHRA Nevada Nationals over the weekend at the Strip Las Vegas Motor Speedway 7000 North Las Vegas Boulevard Las Vegas here we go Mike Salinas took the top fuel Robert Height funny car the great Erica Enders believe she watches the show pro stock she took and Cage Herrera took the pro stock motorcycle. Pro mod was Mike Castellana. Jackie Frick took top alcohol dragster. And top alcohol funny car, the one that Delgado drives, Cena Bellamio took that. And Travis Grusso, competition eliminator. Super stock was Kyle Rizzozzi. And last but not least, stock eliminator, Dwayne Shetlin. And uh, a couple of quick stories. We got time? Yes, we do. All right, Big D. Jiu-Jitsu Association changes policy after female grapplers quit over having to face trans opponents. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart, like Rick always says, that's what they got to do. Walk away, and the change will come. Here we go, Rick. After much criticism, the North American Grappling Association, NAGA, has quickly changed its rules and will now require male-born athletes to compete in the men's division. The change came on the tail of reporters that female-born contestants were abandoning a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament because they were being forced to fight against growing number of male-born transgender women. After a report last week by Redux, that women were beginning to refuse to compete against transgender opponents. Naga took swift action and responded to their competitors' complaints with a new policy. Naga told members that as of October 28th, its new policy maintains that transgender female competitors will be required to compete in the men's category. How original. Uh, its new rules for the division for cisgender females now excludes male-born trans athletes. So very clearly defined. You know, it's one thing to grapple with your sexuality, but it's another thing to be grappling in these tournaments. It's not fair to these women, and I'm glad they stood up. I hope yeah. more and more do this, Rick. You've been championing that for a while on the show, and you're damn right about it. it, it it's just say no. Just don't show up. There'll right. be no competition. And let these transgenders, let them all, you know, run around with each other. It's ridiculous. Or better yet, do show up. And when the gun goes off or they say, you know, go, you stop and you walk away. About face. Leave it alone and let them sit there and be like, now what do we do? Exactly. Yep. What do you do without women competing against women? You're not going to have a competition, so yep. go go scratch. So it goes it goes to detail a couple of the competitors and what they had to say, but this is a good step in the right direction. Let's hope more do this. And uh, that's a wrap in sports, Big D. I got some other stuff. Brett Favre story, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. And oh, LA Dodgers. 
I had a little bit of trouble, too, with their airline stewardess. I'll get to that, too, as well. <laughs> well, all right. All right. So, Rick, we'll do some more Never sports ends. before we end hour one. Let's do some news with Rick Delgado. News is brought to you by our friends over at 7Cells, 7Cells.com. Use our code LFS6B for 20% off at checkout. What's uh, What else is going on in the news? Now, now real quick, uh, on Slick's last um, story there, that was a jiu-jitsu tournament, correct? That you were just yes, it was correct. Okay. Brazilian jiu jitsu, and that was in Georgia. Uh, I don't remember the city. Okay, because because that, that was the one I talked about last night that I wanted to get to okay. in Georgia, where the women actually did walk away, and it left with just two men, and they went first and second. But the women didn't compete, and they pretty much made their made their uh, made their uh, demands met, and said, you know what, we're not competing against men. Plain and simple. Jumping over to uh, what we were talking about in the first segment, more about this, uh, the Jewish, uh, what's going on um, with all the Nazis, it seems, that that are running around the world, right? Uh, A mob storms a Dagestan airport in search of Jewish passengers. Do you hear about this story? This story I wanted to get last night, and I forgot to get to it. A mob in Russia, mostly Muslim, what a surprise, of Dagestan, stormed the airport in Mahakla in search of Jewish passengers arriving from a flight from Tel Aviv, Israel. In the past day, local people have besieged a hotel in search of Jewish guests. What are we? This is insanity. And they also stormed the airports after reports emerged that a flight from Tel Aviv was arriving in the city. Passengers were forced to take refuge in planes or hide in the airport for fear of being attacked. Local health authorities said the 20 people had been injured, including two who were critical. The R- RIA news agency said nine officers had also received injuries in the incidents, two of whom being treated at the hospital. 60 people were later detained, according to RIA, as they reported and added that 150 of the protesters have been identified. Videos posted on social media showed hundreds of young men, some carrying Palestinian flags or place cards denouncing Israel, storming onto the tarmac of the airport and climbing onto idling planes, attempting to break through the windows. These people are animals. Airline employees were shown hustling passengers back inside planes as crowds approached the aircraft uh, on Sunday uh, due to the intruders at the airport. One of the pilots said, this is your captain. There's an angry mob outside, doesn't know where they came from or why. It is possible we have come under attack. So, again, you're seeing stuff like this break out not only around the country, uh, not only around the world, but around this country as well, which is also disturbing when you hear about the story in Cornell at Cornell University, where police are investigating online threats tar- targeting Jewish students from a uh, uh, from from right on campus. Uh, they sent Cornell did sent the police to a Jewish center after anti-Semitic threats of violence appeared online over the weekend in the latest series of series of concerning incidents on college campuses across the U.S. where I guess they really like to push hate against Jews. Earlier today, a series of horrendous anti-Semitic messages threatening violence to the Jewish community, specifically naming 104 West, the home of the Center of Jewish Living, was posted on a website unaffiliated with Cornell. Um, According to the university president, law enforcement when notified and campus police referred the case to the FBI as a potential hate crime. It's not potential. It really is a hate crime. Um, so you, you think about the uh, Jewish billionaires who have already closed off the checkbooks to some of these um, colleges as well, where they won't even their alma maters. They won't even yeah, like write Harvard. a check anymore. Yep. So going back to what I said, this change that I, I 
I think is unavoidable, but we'll see. All right, more live from Studio 6B. Coming back, more news with Delgado and David Zia right after this. A, uh, a lot of testimony going on on Capitol Hill today. We've got some clips from a couple of the different. Um, well, I've Josh Hawley with Senator Ma with Secretary Mayorkas, and I have uh, one clip from Christopher Ray. Anthony Blinken was on Capitol Hill as well, and this is just. I think sometimes you need to remind yourself how. October 7th was how atrocious and how just outward, I mean, just make your stomach turn with some of the stories. Um, and this is one he told today, which I don't know that I had heard before, but uh, here it is. Including, and if you'll forgive me, because again, these stories recede so quickly. Uh, a family at its breakfast table at one of the kibbutzes and by the way, the profound irony of attacks on kibbutzes, the very people who most ardently believe and want a future of peace between Israelis and Palestinians, a future of two states, uh, a family of four, a young boy and girl, six and eight years old, and their parents around the breakfast table. The father, his eye gouged out in front of his kids, the mother's breast cut off, the girl's foot amputated, the boy's fingers cut off before they were executed. And then their executioners sat down and had a meal. That's what this society is dealing with. And no nation could tolerate that. And as we've said repeatedly, as President Biden has repeatedly made clear, Israel has not only the right, but the obligation to defend itself and to try to take every possible step to make sure this doesn't happen again. We've been equally clear that it is vitally important how Israel does this. And so you couldn't just stop there. He had it. He's going to have to add this part. And the imperative of doing everything possible to protect civilians as well as to care for those. No, what, what, uh, no one else. Uh, you never hear. It's such an it's, it's such an imbecilic argument because Israel's got to tie both hands behind their back and still try to play the game when no one else has to do that. Not not only that, he, he leaves out the part that uh, Hamas uses civilians as human shields. Yeah. It's like, so, okay, uh, we're going to kill you. Well, we're going to kill you first. Well, you have to do it without, uh, you know, making sure you only kill the terrorists. Oh, right. oh okay. And where are the terrorists hiding? You Behind know, all these all these innocent people. Oh, okay. um, guys, you know, Israel um, Israeli strikes on the Gaza refugee camp killed at least 50, including key Hamas leaders, right? Uh, or one of the main leaders. And... You know, this is exactly what it is. And the um, the guy from Israel basically... It's good, Aaron. Um, you can take it down. You know, so they, they, they hide behind the civilians and they operate under the hospitals. Um, and this is what's going on here. But, you know, I was reading about Dresden and, um, you know, in the Battle of the Bulge, not to digress too much, but uh, in 1945, we lost 19,000 troops. From the Germans. And in response, we bombed Dresden from February 13th, February 15th, with 800 bombers dropping 2,700 to 3,900 tons of explosives 
decimating the city. And our POWs were there. And they were forced underground by the Germans because I guess the Germans didn't want to have all those POW casualties because they knew the consequences. Um, but, um, <clears throat> you know, they killed tens of thousands of civilians in Dresden. And um, I don't, like you said, you know, what are they supposed to do? And um, this is Hamas's strategy. They're worse than the Nazis. You know, they're. So they're, what you're saying is looking back on that event, any, any event like that, you're saying maybe. Um thinking that stopping in the middle and going, well, maybe we should have a ceasefire and talk about this probably would not have ended up being a great idea at the time. Well, think about the scale, even though there were 100 million or so less Americans than there are now during World War II to lose 19,000 troops. You know, Israel losing 1,300 civilians on October 7th was the equivalent of 20 to 35,000 Americans dying, depending on how you slice it up. And, you know, and so this, this was uh, a huge, a huge event. Um, for Israel. And, and I know everybody knows that already, but um, this know. administration continues to go out of their way. Every opportunity they have, whether it's in front of a camera, whether it's in front of a microphone, whether it's through um, things they're pushing through, uh, through whether it's through his talks with Bibi, with his trip over there is doing everything they can to continually show that they are trying to tie his, not only his hands behind his back, they're trying to throw every roadblock and every, um, list of demands that continues to get added on to make sure that they cannot achieve their objectives. And when you listen to Bibi and you listen to the people on the ground there, um, and there's that video today, I, I don't know if one of the commanders giving orders to the, um, to the IDF, that they're not interested in any of this stuff. They're not interested in conditions. They're not interested in yeah, buts. They're not interested in, well, you got to make sure you do this. You, no. They're not interested in any of that. But that's what this administration is interested in, continually throwing more things at the Israelis to try to make sure they can achieve nothing of what they try to do. And now, I, don't, I haven't heard this spoken about anywhere else. And I don't know what you guys think of this. Alexandra Markovsky in The American Thinker and looking at this whole situation, says, how to defeat Hamas fast, cheap, and easy. He says, Israeli, Israel's facing two challenges in this, the safe return of hostages and the eradication of Hamas. Thus far, those issues seem to be at odds with each other. IDF is evaluating two distinct options, which we're seeing play out. First one is a full-scale assault on Gaza by infantry and special forces supported by tanks, heavy artillery, and aerial bombardment aimed at destroying Hamas's positions, infrastructure, and wide network of tunnels with deep penetrating bombs. The problem with this approach is that the tunnels in Gaza are fairly sophisticated. They boast an impressive level of engineering constructed from reinforced concrete, divided into separate self-contained sections by steel doors and reaching depths up, up to 100 feet. The tunnels are also equipped with modern ventilation systems powered by generators. They're built under buildings, hospitals, schools, and other civilian projects. To complicate the matter, many sections follow intense bombardment, now lie buried under the rubble of destroyed buildings. The rubble provides an additional layer of protection against concrete buster ammunition, even if the IDF successfully destroys the tunnels, and that's a big if, there's a fairly high possibility that the hostages could be lost. Second option is to enforce the blockade and continue bombing while the Biden administration negotiates 
with Hamas using Qatar, a strong Hamas supporter, as a mediator. Under this scenario, the operation cannot begin until the hostages would be released. It'll be a long and tedious process. Hamas regards hostages as a commodity, and a human shield will not release them until demands are met. The terrorists currently hold more than 200 hostages. I saw something today from Senator Marsha Blackburn that she says the White House admitted today that there's 500. Did you see this? No. We were just talking about this yesterday. Remember about uh, Kirby? Yeah. Couldn't answer the number. Couldn't answer the he number. He was talking yeah. like 10 or less. Marsha Blackburn put something out today in a tweet that said the White House admitted that there's five. Now, maybe she wasn't talking about all Americans, maybe just the totality of what, they, of what they're holding. But she said 500 hostages. And maybe she did say Americans, now that I think about it. I, I don't know if there'd be 500 American hostages. That seems like a lot. No. Well, we'll look up. She tweeted it today. I'll look it up. Marsh. I'll look up Marsha Blackburn. But still, tweet. 500 is way more than the uh, the initial 200 that they thought. Right. And the point being, if they're going to release two a week, uh, it'll pre- it'll take over two years to release the hostages under that um, under that guide. So he he says, if you want to eradicate and ensure a safe passage for the hostages, the IDF should flood the tunnels with seawater. Have you heard this proposed? No. That's a great idea. If the complete plans of the tunnels with locations of the entrances are not available to the IDF, it should not be too difficult to obtain them. This type of tunnel could only be built using professional engineering, procurement, and construction firms. The engineering firms engineered and designed the tunnels. Construction firms built them, and various vendors supplied and installed the equipment. All those firms have drawings of the tunnels, and in part of the world, everything is for sale. If you flood the tunnels, if done correctly, it'll deprive Hamas of a safe harbor in the tunnels, force them out with the hostages where the IDF could be waiting, even if, by some miracle... Hamas manages to avoid the IDF and leave the tunnels undetected. Its fighters will still lose the ammunition, rockets, and other military hardware. You know, interesting n- idea, right? Yeah, 300 miles of tunnels. And Nancy right. Black on our chat mentioned something interesting. How many of the hostages have dual citizenship? And are we including that in our numbers? You know, when we say Americans are being held. That I don't know the answer to, but we'll look into that. I'm going to look up what Marsha Blackburn said. Let's do some more news uh, with Rick Delgado, sponsored by uh, Seven Cells. What else is going on, Delgado? All right. Well, this is an interesting little turn of events as Muslim Democrats in Congress have given Biden an ultimatum. Listen to this one. Okay, so just I don't want to cut you off, (laughs) but I just found it right away. Just in breaking news, the White House admitted Hamas is holding nearly 500 Americans hostage in Gaza. Really? Via U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. And there's a link here to, um, I guess, it, no, it's not, a, it's not a link to a story. But, yeah, that's, I, I thought I saw this right. That's what it says. 500. Marsha Blackburn, today, four hours ago, the White House admitted Hamas is holding nearly 500 American hostages in, in Gaza. Now, there's a community note under her tweet that wasn't there before. It says, although there are several American hostages being held by Hamas, the 500 the senator is speaking of, are U.S. citizens that live in Gaza and that are thus stuck there due to the conflict. They're not included uh-huh. in the ha- Hamas hostage count. So there you go. But I'm, think sure, she, I'm sure they're all in hiding now. It's like, wait, uh, they're going to use this as, as, a, as, as a commodity. We, we, we better uh, skedaddle. So she's insinuating that under federal law standards, uh, they're considered hostages because Hamas is preventing them from leaving right. Gaza. Here she is. I believe this is from today. Let's hear what she has to say. Here's what we know, because it's what Jake Sullivan had to say, is that there are about 500 Americans that are in Gaza, 
and they're not being allowed to leave because Hamas will not allow them to leave. We need more answers on this issue. Mm. Okay, so there you go. There you go. If you're not allowed to leave someplace, guess what? You're uh, a hostage. Held, yeah, you're, you're kind of a hostage. Um, so that answers that question. Insane. Oh, do you want me to continue my story? Yeah. Okay, from Just the News, uh, Muslim Democrats have given Biden an ultimatum. Israel cease fire by five or battleground states to turn red. What? Yes, a National Muslim Democratic Council, a nationwide group of Democratic leaders and activists threatened President Joe Biden that if he does not force Israel to reach a ceasefire with Hamas, a U.S. State Department designated foreign terrorist organization, by 5 p.m. Tuesday, that would have been today, uh, they will work to mobilize against him in the 2024 election. It has become evident that our voices are being ignored, but our votes will not be. Simply put, as Gaza turns red, so could crucial battleground states, said the council in a letter Monday to the White House and the Democratic Party. Your administration's unconditional support encompassing funding and armaments has played a significant role in perpetuating the violence that is causing civilian casualties and eroded trust in voters who previously put their faith in you, the group also wrote. It said, uh, it said here, we're going to mobilize increased voter turnout to make our voices heard, the council said. It added that Michigan, a swing state with a large Muslim population uh, that went for former President Trump in 2016, went to Biden by 2.6% in 2020. And we emphasize the significant of Michigan, Ohio, Iowa, Florida, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, where many of our voters reside, the group said. So... They're getting threatened. They're going to they're gonna vote for Trump. All right, David Zier with some news coming up. More sports with Slick. All when we get back on a Tuesday live from Studio 6B. B on a Tuesday, scary night. I was going to say, that's very scary Slick, music. Slick Rick's going to do, do some more sports. Delgado's doing the news. David Zia's going to do some news. The serial killer and friend holding it down on a Tuesday. Glad you're in. Lots to do. David Zia sitting in with the boys tonight, as he will, I believe, on Thursday and Friday as well, which I'm excited about. Uh, well, first of all, you don't know what's coming up in your show. It's still early in the week, but uh, you just got back from being or Do you know? Well, I'll play a lot of the uh, man on the streets I did with the people in Iowa. So I have about 20 minutes of the show. Those okay, you're going to play one of them that. tonight, I know. Play we'll one play of them later. Nice. We played the German boys last night. They Fantastic. were great. Great people. A lot yeah. of students there. A lot of young people. These German kids were on point. Um, what else is going on in your world? Well, there's a lot going on. I am dressed as a rich country club uh, Republican <laughs> tonight uh, for Halloween. Um, and, you know, the Des Moines Register poll is pretty significant because, you know, it, it, Trump's lead is, is shrinking in Iowa. He still has a big advantage, though. He's 43 to 16, right, over DeSantis and Haley, who are tied. But there was an important second question asked in that poll. It's a poll done every election cycle since 1943. Somewhat accurate. Um, I'm going to look into how many times they predicted the winner. But the second question was, who would you vote for 
if your number one candidate dropped out. So, um, so 41% of current DeSantis supporters said if they, if DeSantis were to leave the race, they would switch to Trump and only 27% they would go to Haley. So that's very significant. That's very good news for Trump. Uh, it's big news for Trump, uh, but that's not a surprise, though, is it? Right? Like, if well, you're not, I mean, Trump and DeSantis are the two most antithetical voices we have to what the left wants to do. Nikki Haley doesn't even read. I mean, right? Why would you not? I mean, you're going to go, you know? Well, there's a flip side to it because only uh, 12% of Haley supporters said they would vote for Trump um, if she dropped out. So. You know, it, it can cut both ways. Um, there's some interesting stuff. And there was a, another number here um, that I have here about RFK. I don't know if you've uh, seen that number that um, a recent Suffolk USA Today poll said 13% of support for, this, uh, for RFK Jr. comes from voters who say two to one that they would otherwise support the GOP nominee. So that could hurt Trump. Yeah, by that's, a couple that's of not points. good. No, no, if it's true, right? So uh, there's a lot going on uh, with Iowa. But the fact is, is that Trump has a great ground game. He's been running since 2015 in the Iowa caucuses. And he's got this incredible data data mining effort. And he's already got like 38,000 pledges. They're going to cover all 1,700 precincts. Uh, But DeSantis has a $2 million ad buy coming up. Uh, He could gain some support through that. But he has one-third of his overall staff parked in uh, Iowa to Santa. So they're making a, a last ditch effort here um, to continue that. By the way, I wanted to give a shout out to my good friend, Larry, and our new RAV viewer, Katrina, and my mother, uh, who's in Florida with uh, Rebecca Harari. Um, she's a, a Jewish woman, super conservative, very grassroots, action oriented, um, super MAGA patriot. Uh, we love Rebecca. So I want to give a shout out to her and her husband. Um, so, um, there's a lot going on, a lot of dynamics going on, and there's at least six swing states in play right now. And as I talked about a few weeks ago, you know, in Pennsylvania, there's been a 70,000 vote gain for the Republican party who switched from the Democrat party. We also had about 30 or 40,000 New Yorkers last year. I think that moved to Pennsylvania and a lot of the people who are leaving New York are not Democrats, you know, or they just can't afford to be here. But I think, I think if you did a uh, survey, uh, most of them or a lot of them would be uh, small business operators who can't stay here. You know, doesn't have a government pension, doesn't have, you know, a a government job that they can leave. Um, So, you know, electricians, you know, you can't, you know, there's not a lot of building going on on Long Island. Um, so um, that there's a lot of dynamics in play. But Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, most of those states, Biden only won by 14,000 points. And without getting into election fraud issues, you know, he only won by 14,000 vo- votes. So that could shift uh, in Trump's favor. And there's a lot of speculation that that's coming. What do you make, Delgado, mm. of the Robert Kennedy Jr. fact he just brought up? Because I saw that in the gate. I think it was, it was Gateway Pundit today or somebody else had that poll that, mm-hmm. what did you say, 10%? I thought it's, I thought I, I read it was 20, 12, 12%. 12%. That's said that saying, they, yeah. they would otherwise vote for the GOP. Okay. Yeah, or a GOP candidate. So it doesn't right. necessarily mean Trump. Well, we, you know, what but, do you mean? Okay. Yeah. We've been talking about this well, stuff most, for weeks. Most, whether of, the, we most think, of those people are Democrats who are supporting RFK. Yeah, that's a, that's that's the basic. That's yeah, what or independence like, or you know, independence. Right. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. That but what they're saying is, if we if he wasn't in the race, we would vote for the GOP guy. Okay. 
So that goes against the theory that it takes more that he would take more from Biden than Trump. It's that shows that he might possibly take more from Trump than Biden if he stays in and goes all the way. It's 12 percent. What about the other 88 percent? Well, listen, it may, it may not impact the election, but if it comes down to, you know, 14,000 votes per state, it could right? the difference in winning or losing. But we'll see. I think the numbers, yeah, I, 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 they'll hone in on it. He, he's, he's a lifelong Democrat. Uh, yeah. Conservative Democrats identify with him. That's who they're going to vote for. Uh, Biden's going to get swamped. Is that an oxymoron? Conservative Democrat? <laughs> Blue dog Democrat, I yeah. they're called, well, right? Yeah, All right, sure. we'll do some more news with David Zier. Plus, he's got another interview from his time down in, uh, down in, in Iowa. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll see that video coming up in hour two. Easy for you to say. I know, geez. I, I, could, I was thinking, well, Iowa's not down. You know what I was really thinking? I was thinking Iowa's not down. What do you mean down in Iowa? Crossing Iowa, right. over to the right, whatever. Uh, let's do sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and uh, MyPillow. LFS6B is the code to use at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? Well, Big D, the Rangers are rolling the Diamondbacks right now. 5 nothing in the bottom of the second. Big uh, second inning there for the Rangers. Uh, they scored five. And then, well, it's a tough game there for the uh, Diamondbacks. They need to come back because they're trailing right now two games to one. As I said earlier, Texas looking for that commanding 3-1 lead. A little football going on tonight. NCAA. North Illinois right now trailing Central Michigan. Michigan 24 to 3 at the half and holy Toledo they're up 21 to 7 over Buffalo yeah, uh, 6 minutes to go it's our first Maction Tuesday yes, the Mac on Mac in action on Tuesday night Mac attack yeah yeah Is good that stuff a thing? Yeah, Maction. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, come on. I we, no idea. We, we didn't even, we should have picked these games, but that's okay. We can't pick every every night. We need a break, too. The audience needs a break from our <laughs> picking. Right, here we go. Lawsuit. United flight attendants denied Dodgers charter flight jobs for not being white, thin, and blonde. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart reporting. A pair of United Airlines flight attendants have filed a lawsuit against the airline and the Dodgers organization, alleging they were denied jobs on team charter flights because they were not, quote, white, young, and thin. The flight attendants claim that they didn't have the certain look demanded by the team, and the airline refused to allow them the opportunity to serve on the flights, according to a lawsuit reported by the Fox Business Network. Litigants Dawn Todd, 50, is black, and Darby Cusada, 44, is of Mexican, black, and Jewish descent, filed their lawsuits in the Los Angeles County Superior Court on the 25th of October. The suit is chiefly against the airline, but the Dodgers are also listed as a defendant. The airline has refuted the claims, telling the media United Forces an environment of inclusion and and does not tolerate discrimination of any kind. We believe this lawsuit is without merit and intend to defend ourselves vigorously. The team has refused to make a statement on the filing. The women allege that the airline has staffed the Dodgers charter flights with young white female and predominantly blonde blue-eyed flight attendants. The suit added that in 2022, the airline added several new attendants to the dedicated crew. But... Unlike Todd and Cusada, these unit were white United flight attendants did not have to interview for those coveted positions. The lawsuit said adding that the two were forced to undergo extensive interviews. The pair alleged that their flights were steadily decreased and ultimately Cusada was removed from the flights without any jurisdiction. Todd uh, asked that she was subject to demeaning uh, insults and was dubbed the flight maid. The two alleged that the <laughs> treatment impacted their health due to panic attacks that they, I don't know, this suit sounds like it might be a little frivolous but you know the dodgers with those catholic nuns and the drag queens now they got the flight attendants you know what they're a united airline i can't imagine they would do anything that would cause discrimination that's a wrap in sports we'll keep you tracked on that with big news live from studio 6b hour two coming up sports news josh holly some other video coming up i should have dodged that story <laughs> 
Live Live from Studio 6B, Hour 2. Just looking at an email I got here. I want to wish a 25th uh, anniversary, happy anniversary to Clint in Tadine. 25 years of marriage, happy anniversary. Where are they from? They are from, um, well, I don't know where they're from. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't, say, it doesn't say Delgado I, I guess where it, they're from. Good old USA, baby. I guess there aren't that many Clint and what's her name? But they've been watching religiously since 2020, they said. Wow. Tadeen, yes. Tadeen. There probably aren't many couples named that Clint was the, and Tadeen uh, watching uh, the show right now. Second so. ver- version of the show four years ago, right? Four and uh, a half years now. That's correct. That's the year that we all launched this version of the show. Yeah, late March of 2020. March, March 28th of 2020. <laughs> Talk about a hostage situation. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've, I've been holding you guys hostage now for... Oh, no. We love this. Three Come and on. a half years. We love you. Yeah. Um, well, so happy anniversary. 25 years. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's very, very good. good. And they beautiful. never had a fight. Never. <laughs> I'm sure. 25 years. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, um, what am I on now? Oh, you got to be probably uh, 15. Seven, no. <laughs> you got to be closing at 17, 20, dude. 17, yeah. 17. I got that what, No, it's 18. The 18, the, no, 17. 2005, what's that? I don't 17. know, but you're going to find yeah. your house key. Uh, it doesn't work anymore. We're going on 18. Baby. Going I'm on, on 18. Uh, 34 coming up. In oh, three wow. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. She's only hated me for 33 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I used to use that joke with my wife, too. She was like, it's so lame. I'd be like, yeah, we're married for uh, 15 years, 10 of the happiest of my life. And uh, she's like, that's just lame. So I don't use it anymore, but no. Oh, because the number's changed. So 25, hey, listen, 25. Congratulations. That's awesome. Any kids who can grow up with parents that stay married 25 years these days, so you're the, it's, it's, you know, most kids are not seeing that. Mm-mm. No. They're Jen, not seeing that kind of an example set for them. Jen just Khan said, keep digging, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a shovel. Well, it's just that I'm bad at math, not that not not anything else. Right. It's 2005. Today's it's 2013. I got married in July. All right. So you'll be. So uh, you, know, uh, you just yeah. You're so 18. 18, 18 years. Today's not 2013. 18 what years. are you talking about? 18 years. Today's 23. Years. It's 23. Ever since you turned 50, you're 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 going I know, it's all downhill. downhill. Give me the ginkgo wow. galoba or whatever. <laughs> you need a tree. 18 <laughs> Go years. Galoba tree. Yeah, so. Got my tree hugger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh Hawley today had Senator Mayorkas. In um, this hearing. Oh, God. And, well, it didn't go too well for uh, Secretary Mayorkas. Did I say Senator Mayorkas? Secretary no, Mayorkas. It did not go too well for him. And here is part one, which is the only part I have, of Josh Hawley's questioning of him. Roll that, Aaron. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Secretary Mayorkas, let me start with you. You're familiar with the chant, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. You familiar with that? I am. Do you know what it means? I do. Can you explain it to us? Um, uh, Senator, that is a, um, a chant um, that speaks of uh, Palestinian desire for its homeland and a very expansive definition of its homeland at the expense of the independence of Israel. Well, indeed. I mean, it, it calls for the elimination of Israel, does it not? It does. So my question to you is, should students who are here on a visa who gather and chant that slogan and actively advocate for the elimination of Israel 
and attacks on Jewish individuals, whether in the Middle East or here in the United States, as we're seeing on college campuses, should those students have their visas revoked? Uh, Senator, uh, I believe you are referencing a provision in the Immigration and Nationality Act uh, about which you have written uh, to me, and I am very familiar with uh, uh, your assertion was, yeah. that that statutory provision requires the revocation of their visa. But should they have their visas revoked? I'm asking you. Uh, uh, we are um, assessing um, your legal assertion. Um, it is a matter of legal interpretation of the statute. Well, just as a moral matter, I mean, should, should students who are here, foreigners who are here in this country, accessing our university system and advocating for the killing of Jews, should they be allowed to stay here at our leisure? Um, Senator, it is a matter of law and uh, it requires a legal interpretation, and I am not in a position to provide that legal interpretation. Just, and let me add something. Well, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I just, my time is very limited. I have to say I think your answer is disappointing, but let me ask you something else. Let, let me ask you about people who say other things. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. This is Oops. Nuja Ooh. Ali, oh. an employee of the Department of Homeland Security, mm -hmm. who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. Now, this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, <laughs> depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mm. Wow. Mr. wow. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these Think frankly pro-genocidal wow. slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that it, that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. Whatever. I'm sorry, what have you done? This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives. You have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Has she been fired? Mr. Chairman. Mr. Secretary. After um, the consumption of Senator Hawley's time, 
I'd like to speak. Has she been fired? Because I will we not would like be, an answer. Would you? Because I will not be given the opportunity. Has she been fired? So uh, that individual has been placed on administrative leave. So she's one. not been fired. Number two. Number Why has two, she not been fired? Number two. The individual was hired in 2019. Why has she not been number fired? Three. <clears throat> I cannot speak to an ongoing personnel matter. Oh, why oh, why has on. this person oh, not charge. been fired? Your answer is you can't speak to it? The this isn't sufficient to fire her? I am not Cop in out. a position to speak to an ongoing personnel matter. cannot speak about Hamas crossing our border. This isn't sufficient to fire her? That's what you're telling me? That is not what I'm saying. Under oath? But she's still on your payroll as that, we sit here today. That is not what I'm saying. She's still on your payroll as we sit here today. Senator? How many cases? She was an asylum and immigration officer. How many cases did she adjudicate? Senator, I'm not in a position to speak about an ongoing person. I'm not asking about that. I'm asking you how many cases she adjudicated. My uh, answer remains. Did she adjudicate any cases involving Israelis seeking asylum in this country? Same answer. Well, let me just point you to what else she posted on social media. Wow. Where she drew attention wow. to the fact that she is an immigration and asylum officer. Hashtag immigrants, hashtag asylum seekers, hashtag Palestine. Hashtag refugees welcome. This is on her LinkedIn post where she has her professional affiliation posted. So I think the American people deserve to know, has, has she admitted, contrary to law, individuals who should not be in this country or denied Jewish refugees, whose genocide she's advocating, asylum that they deserve? Same answer. You're not going to tell us what this person's done? Are you conducting a review of her cases at least? Senator, as I have said over and over again, I cannot speak to an ongoing You said that you will not. Matter. I can't believe that you would come to this committee knowing this. You know about this. I've written to you about it. You know all about it. And you come here unwilling to answer and suggest that it is wrong of me to ask you the question. Quite frankly, Mr. Secretary, I think that your performance is despicable. And I think the fact that you are not willing to provide answers to this committee is absolutely atrocious. They wow. never have answers what a piece no. on purpose. Well, because they know if they give you the real answer. They'll know that they're the enemies yeah. of America? Exactly. They can't, they can't <laughs> tell I mean, you what man, they Man, really that's want. point blank. You can't get more black and white than that. I mean, can you imagine not being able to answer those questions after seeing those tweets for someone who works in your department? Um, I, th I think Holly needs to contact uh, Mike Johnson over at the house and say, hey, how can we defund so, all these people? I was thinking about that yeah, today. Just defund them. Right. You know, no, where no is, you know, Mike Johnson, nice guy, you know, uh, but where is the call to impeach Mayorkas and Garland under this new speaker of the house? Aren't, is he going to do something like radical? Well, this occurred today. Well, when was this this hearing? Big thing? This was today. Today, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know they could be. But like, where I want to know, I want to know, is Johnson willing to f fire this guy? He needs to be fired. He's letting the enemies cross a border by the millions, by the well, millions people who hate America and are just using us for the money or for terrorism. We talked a little bit about impeachment yesterday. You weren't you weren't too high on it. Now was that is that only when it comes to Biden? Only when it comes to Biden. These other these other uh, scumbags, I don't care about. Yeah. Um, we can get rid of them. That the, they offer nothing to the uh, to the American uh, to our society, as we can see, as you can plainly see, he pretty much outs himself. 
as a devout Nazi. When, this when, guy's, the guy, Mayorkas, yeah. is, he has to be a Nazi. There's no other <laughs> explanation that he can sit there and, and support someone who does that, who works for him on the day of the event. They're putting that the, garbage The day Ben Burkwam was being fired at with machine guns while interviewing young women under the age of 18 who were raped on the riverbank where they found eight used condoms on the riverbank, and I'm sorry to be graphic. That same day, Mayorkas was in Panama. Right? De- destroying America. Yeah. Destroying well, sorry, America. These, these While the Panama Cinema forces were helping us track down the cartel coyotes and killed them on the riverbank after Ben was fired at. And Mayorkas was down there at that same time working against America. You think about his testimony today 600,000 getaways, gotaways, 600,000. Wow. And you think about. Any major football stadium in this country, 80,000 seats, think about how many football stadiums that is. 600,000 gotaways. Think about what that looks like. It's going to be that per month next year coming in. Yeah, that's what they say the numbers are going to be per month. Eight to ten good-sized football stadiums. All right, live from Studio 6B Sports News. More from David Zier all coming up. about my Patriot Supply. It's clear the unthinkable. Well, it could be here. Recent media distractions. Most folks will never see it coming. Some will. Their gut will tell them that something was wrong. The headlines will prove them right. Our so-called trusted institutions tell you not to worry that everything's fine, but you'll know better. And of course, self-reliance doesn't happen overnight. You got to start somewhere. You got to be prepared. Start with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the country's largest preparedness company. It's more than equipped to stock your shelves when it's needed most. Ditch the canned vegetables and boxed pastas. Check out their best-selling three-month food kit. Of course, provides delicious breakfast, lunch, dinners that can last up to 25 years. These meals offer over 2,000 calories every day with a balance of protein and carbs to keep you fed and ready in the event of an emergency. Just add water and heat, then eat. Start or strengthen your food supply with the three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Visit preparewithrav.com, preparewithrav.com to get ready. Order now. You'll get fast, free shipping as well. Preparewithrav.com. Go to preparewithrav.com and check them out. Well, you know, there's an organization that still backs Obamacare gun control and extreme transgender policies that endanger our kids. They claim to be bipartisan, but last year 95% of their donations went to Democrats. Well, that's right. AARP doesn't represent the values of American seniors. Fortunately, there's a conservative alternative. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, proudly champions Americans' right to free speech, religious liberty, and the Second Amendment. 
AIM Act defends parents' rights to protect their children and is fighting to restore America's election integrity. With more than 2 million members nationwide, AMAC is pro-faith, pro-family, and pro-freedom. You can become an AMAC member today. I encourage you to check them out. Send AARP a strong message that they don't represent conservative seniors. Join AMAC today at amac.us forward slash studio 6B. That's amac.us forward slash studio 6B. Check them out today, AMAC. See if uh, becoming a member is the right thing to do for you. All right, 19 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B. When you shop there, it'll save you, well, 10 to 60% off most of the great items from Lindell. Towels, slippers, sheets, pillows, mattresses. I mean, it's just got everything. Great stuff. It all works. Towels actually work. Somebody sent me an email yesterday. It said, you know, I I bought the towels, and I got to tell you something. They actually, actually work. Like the water is, uh, I feel like I'm dry, which is like <laughs> kind of the point, right? It's that's, good. That's kind of works. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, use our code if you shop there. And of course, if you do use our code, which is LFS6B, not someone else's code, our code, and you send us your receipt, we'll send you the, well, this is your last day to get the shirt of the month, which is the Trump Truth shirt. But sure. starting tomorrow, the eight-week run to December 31st, biggest time of the year, we're going to do a blowout sale, everything on live from Studio 6B will be at your disposal to pick whatever you want, whatever you want, size, color. We're going to blow it out uh, starting tomorrow, so that'll be the new giveaway. But if you uh, have a receipt that you haven't sent in, send it in tonight. If you want the Truth Trump shirt, uh, you'll get it absolutely free for a bonus for using our code at, at uh, MyPillow. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, let's get you back to that Game 4 World Series. The Rangers went from rolling the Diamondbacks to demolishing the Diamondbacks. 10 nothing. They had a fifth, a five-run inning there. It's the top of the fourth, and uh, they're just absolutely rolling here, looking to go up three games to one. I don't want to say it's over because that's, you know, the old kibosh putting it on them. But at 10 nothing, it's going to be awfully tough for Arizona to climb out of that deficit. They'll likely be down three games to one, and they'll be facing elimination for every game, therefore, throughout the series, five, six, and seven, if so forth. So that's going to be a tough one. So Rangers looking to take it home and bring a World Series back to the great state of Texas. At least somebody in Texas will win a championship this year. I don't think it'll be my Cowboys, though. And uh, let's get to the hard court, Big D. Knicks right now over the Cavaliers in full command, 83-66, to 66, 21 seconds to go there in the third quarter. Spurs and Suns, Magic and Clippers, 10 p.m. and 10.30, respectively, tip-offs. NHL light night, just two games in action. Kings blanking the Maple Leafs, 3-0 with 8.5 to go in the second. Predators and Canucks, that's a 10 p.m. puck drop. And a uh, little NCAA football tonight big d central michigan all over northern illinois 37 to 11 uh there six to go in the third there and at the half toledo pretty much bombing buffalo 24 to 7 and oh, we'll go back to the courts here judge dismisses brett Favre defamation suit saying shannon sharp used hyperbole over welfare money ap report jackson mississippi a federal judge on monday dismissed brett Favre's defamation lawsuit against fellow retired nfl player 
there, Shannon Sharp, ruling that Sharp used constituently uh, protected speech on a sports, constitutionally, excuse me, respected speech on a sports broadcast when he criticized Favre's connection to a welfare misspending case in Mississippi. U.S. District uh, Judge Keith Starrett ruled that Sharp, a former tight end, was using rhetorical hyperbole in saying on air that Favre was taking from the underserved, that the former uh, quarterback stole money from people that really needed that money, and that someone would have to be a sorry person to steal from the lowest of the low. Favre sued Sharp in February, saying that the fellow Pro Football Hall of Fame member made uh, egregiously false statements about him on Fox Sports Talk Show. Skip and Shannon, undisputed. The case was moved to federal court in March, and Sharp left the sports show in June. Discussion of Mississippi welfare spending on undisputed took place after extensive news coverage about allegations of Mississippi's largest public corruption case. And Favre is the, uh, well, he's the celebrity at the center of it all. I won't go into all the details, but that case has been dismissed. Shannon Sharp has moved on, obviously, and, uh, well, Brett Favre is, uh, is out. And I think he's got two other cases going on that look to be, oh, the one against Pat McAfee. That was also, he actually dismissed that earlier because Pat McAfee did publicly apologize to Favre. You know, he was you know, no, Favre did not go and rob these homes and, and the way it was positioned. It's just good to see as a sports person and as people on TV, you know, you can say certain things without, you know, saying that, you know, you're hanging the guy up, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, constitutionally you have the right to report on things. So that was kind of a good, good situation. Brett Favre's got his problems, but I think he'll get out of that. And last but not least, former Spanish soccer president Luis Rubiales suspended three years for the World Cup kiss, Big D, filling Gwyneth Breitbart. FIFA has banned former Spanish soccer president Luis Rubiales for three years after kissing Spanish women's soccer star Jennifer Hermoso on the mouth following the World's Women's World Cup. That was an unwelcome kiss if ever there was one. The FIFA Disciplinary Committee has banned Luis Rubiales, the former president of the Spanish Football Association, uh, from all football-related activities at national and international levels for three years, having found that he acted in breach of Article 13 of the FIFA Disciplinary Code. Uh, the organization said in a statement, uh, discipline allows, uh, follows a 90-day suspension that was initially meted out to Rubiales while FIFA conducted its investigation of the incident. But he's going to fight it, Big D. He's got 10 days to appeal the ruling, and he wants the truth to come out. I don't know what his truth is, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that his tongue didn't come out? I have no idea. Yeah, his mouth anyway. closed. <laughs> anyway, that's a wrap in sports. Back to hey, you, you still dating that soccer player? All right. Uh, <laughs> 25 past the hour live from Studio 6B. I feel like I'm, feel like I'm in an Applebee's. <laughs> we don't have a ton of time for news yet. We'll do some news with David Zier. We'll do his interview, and we'll uh, do from uh, news with Delgado when we get back. But just a little news here that I have. Did you hear about this General Hospital star? Yes. That died today. Young, right? 50 years old. Wow. Wow. 50 years old. And this is after now, obviously. Same uh, age as you. Matthew. Well, no, I'm 51. Oh. Right? No, (laughs) I'm 52. 52 already? Oh, no, you're 72. Wow, you're, you're going downhill faster than I thought. <laughs> no, 51. I'm 51. Yeah, 51. 51 and almost done. Yeah. <laughs> totally done. He's baked. Totally done. I've got Biden brain kicking in. So, yeah, 51. But anyway. this guy's 50 years old. General Hospital star uh, Tyler Christopher dead at 50 following cardiac event in his apartment. And, man, I'll tell you, I mean, I saw Dr. Um, McCullough say his big fear is in the next two years, all these double, triple vaxxed, you're going to see strokes (sighs) and heart attacks on the rise like numbers we've never seen before. Not not that I know that this is what this guy suffered, but 
I don't know. A lot of young people. A lot of young people. Way too many. America's Voice on a Tuesday night. Happy Halloween. Uh, Damon stepped away for a quick moment. I don't know. I think he was trying to figure out how old he was and got lost in the He had to to answer the door. They were trick-or-treaters. Talking about (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, um, Slick Rick is here. He's got one more sports uh, report before the end of the show. But right now, David Zier, uh, I know you had an interview. You had many many interviews that you did while you were on the road. Uh, Talk to us about this one we're about to see here. Yeah, another man on the street interview with the great people of Iowa. You know, people came in from Minnesota, from Nebraska, from South Dakota, from all over the place. Um, but I met these great people on the street, so let's see what they have to say. They're all worried. It might be 28 degrees on the ground here in Sioux City, Iowa, but the people of Iowa are warm and nice and generous. What great people. How are you today? What brought you out? Online. See Trump. Great, great. Where are you from? Lamar's, Iowa. Nice, nice. Uh, what, why, why are you out? Why do you support Trump? What do you like about him? Everything he's ever worked for. Back yeah. in the past. So yeah. Well, that's People good. I freezing. hope you have a great time inside. How about you, ma'am? Where are you from? Bronson, Iowa. Nice, nice. Um, are people struggling on the ground uh, here? Infl- inflation, are, are you worried about things? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, people have to work harder and longer and extra to um, just make the cut, right? Yep. Right. All right. How do we get through another year, <laughs> sir, with uh, everything that's going on, the open border? You know, uh, top we, do we have a leadership void? Yeah, we certainly do. Biden is certainly not doing his job. Yeah. Do you think it's partly by design? Whatever uh, the organization behind Biden is, is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, right? And he's just right. the front man for it. Like you were saying, uh, absolutely, maybe uh, what's going on, the agenda is on purpose. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like right now America is, uh, honestly, we've been invaded by foreign enemies, I feel like. You know, Joe Biden in the White House, his cabinet, even people that are involved in Congress. You know, we have the Nebraska representative vote against Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. We need to get people like that out of office. What what, do you think Trump uh, broke the mold when it came to uh, or comes to just, uh, you know, uh, you know, representing more like the people, populist movement versus just the politicians? Absolutely. You can see that. With the support that comes out here, I mean, I, I'm, I've never even seen Biden rally anybody. And yeah, I, every time sure. they try to point. downplay Trump and the attendance he gets at his events, but come out here and look and you can see firsthand. Yeah, everywhere I go, small business owners, we're all over the country. Everybody loves Trump. And uh, yeah. do you think the yeah, numbers are real? Yes. Right here. Yeah. What do you do, sir? I do electrical contracting. Yeah. and. Uh, so the cost of piping, conduit, oh, yeah. wire, right? I'm in yeah. construction in New York. It's crushing us. Yes, it is. You know, it makes it harder for, you know, average people, you know, that are working out there trying to get some things fixed on their yeah. house. Well, the consumer who just needs things years. fixed, right? Meanwhile, we have people that are coming into this country illegally getting benefits from NGOs. Down at the border, we have That's people, right. they're giving out credit cards that have preloaded amounts on them. 
Yeah, I mean, you could make like 20, 30, 50, 70 grand a year for a family, you know, coming in here illegally. So why go to work? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we need to make uh, tighten up the border. We need to make America, like you said, great again. This country is supposed to be the number one, right? We need and to, that's where we got to be. We need to focus on America yeah. first. That needs to be our number one priority. We need to we stop getting involved in all these wars. We need to stop supporting Ukraine. The Israel thing is a whole Take other care thing. Of America, yeah, America yeah. first. And if America is healthy, then right. the rest of the world is healthy. That's right? Exactly right. Going going back to inflation, not only are prices going up, but we're also experiencing uh, shrinkflation. So we're getting less for our dollar. They're they're lowering the amounts in the food. Yeah, look at the size of a cereal box now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's seven dollars. It's shrunk thirty percent, and they're charging. Oh, 50, 60 percent more. Yeah, inflation under uh, Trump was one percent, right? So uh, what do you want to hear from the president today? I just want him to uh, know that we're out here to support him. I want him to know that, you know, we're here behind him we all need, the way. And I, I want him to call out the corrupt justice system that's persecuting him. I mean, this is just insane. It's like third world country tier. With, we have the justice system actively being banana used. republic. Yes, exactly. It's being used against a former president. This has never happened ever in the history of the United States. And well, it uh, needs to be. There's so many issues. So uh, I wanted you guys uh, go with Godspeed and enjoy inside, and we'll see you on the trail. All right. And uh, go watch Real America's Voice News, and you know we're telling the truth out there. So we appreciate you. Great. Thank you, guys. All right. I just wanted to add <laughs> that a group of people thought I was John Taffer for Bra Rescue. <laughs> From where? Bra Rescue? Oh, yes, John Taffer. You know, so. Uh, yeah, you're America Rescue. <laughs> and we'll like it. Yeah. But, Did you uh, find people being um, somewhat, it seemed like people were kind of timid. Yeah, well, it was guarded. 28 degrees by the time I got to them, and they were out there for six hours already. Yeah. So they were cold. Uh, but, you know, listen, this is a different temperament of people. These are people who are resolute. Uh, they know what they want out of life. Uh, they see everything go in a pot. They don't have to yell and scream. You know, I, I just think it's a different type of person in the Midwest uh, in general. You know? Do you get do you get the sense that people are beyond fired up to uh, get into the heat of this election? I got cycle? the feeling that people are beaten down, and that's part of the mood that I got. But inside, uh, somebody yelled out, "Trump, how are you going to stop them from stealing the election?" And he went nuts, and he answered the guy, which other politicians don't do. And he got a ten-minute standing ovation in that room of twenty-five hundred people, that iconic, you know, theater, and and. You know, uh, that was amazing. So people were really fired up once they heard Trump. I, I think right. before that, they were so depressed. And I, I think it's part of it. I think I see a mood change across America. What 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 I kind of get, get mm -hmm. from that before they go in, like you said, you know, once they hear him start talking, that's what gets them fired up. Yeah. They're more fed up than anything. You I think just see him like, you know, just like shaking their head like, we got, we got to do something. There's no They're doubt. They're at their wits end. There's no doubt. And, and what's it. amazing is that those people are already at their wits end. It's the people that, uh, you know, uh, that are still out there thinking that, oh, well, well, Joe Biden's doing a good job. I was talking to somebody today. I, I was talking to a liberal today, a, a friend of mine. I've known him for years. He's a comic. And, and, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to talk politics with you. 
He's like, yeah, I know you're more conservative. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, but I just, I let's not go there. And he just, he, he kept going there. He goes, and he even admits, he goes, you know, uh, uh, his policies, his, you know, I love his policies, the border and all this stuff. He goes, but I just don't like Trump. I'm like, so you're going to vote against all the policies because you don't like the person? It makes no sense. Yeah, they sick. voted their own demise. Right, it's and, sick. And it's just, the, it's just the oddest thinking. It's like the self-hating Jew. Why nuts. would you do that to yourself? I don't understand it. Crazy, right? It's, it's like, yeah. the, it, well, it's similar to what we opened the show talking about the Jewish community, where they're going to continue to vote, where, how the, if that's going to be a shift. But you think about young people. Think about young people right now under this administration. You can't buy a house. You can't save any money. If you got to work two jobs, if you can get a job, um, everything is unaffordable. You're watching your parents struggle. You're seeing your parents' life savings go down the tubes. You're, you're, I mean, if you're a young person in this country, what about this yeah. three and a half years, soon to be four years, makes you think, if even if you're new to all this, thinks, well, yeah, this looks like the way. Yeah. Let's vote for this again. Yeah, and we and we haven't even gotten to hyperinflation yet because after those numbers you were talking about yesterday, we borrowed a half a trillion uh, just last month, and now we're borrowing another seven hundred seventy-six uh, billion. Uh, it's just insane that there is there is no path that leads us to uh, green and happy times. It's it's just, it's going to be a, it's going to be an ugly ugly demise. I don't know how any young person. I saw a thing said, do you want to teach your kids about um, the difference between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party? Go have, your, go have one of your kids work for you for eight hours in the yard and then give them whatever the pay you're going to give them for. Give them the 100 bucks and then take 80 of it and give it to their sister who didn't do any work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that That'll teach like, them. That'll go well. Sounds like Spain. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know how, if you're a young person, you could vote for any of this looking at the way this is going, especially if you're in that early 20s to late 20s, buying a house completely unaffordable. Yeah, trying to save impossible. Awesome. Well, it was great. There was a there was a video. I think it was about a week or two ago about this young female who was like complaining. Oh my goodness, I can't afford anything. Yeah, there's been a bunch of those videos yeah. I've and, seen. And it's like, uh, oh, did you think you were getting a six figure job with your with your little uh, your little, little your, uh, marketing degree? Yeah, there? and your bad attitude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and your crappy <laughs> attitude. You you really think you 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 deserve? They did think they deserve it because they they see social media and they'd be like, well, you know, Kim Kardashian has this and this one has that, and I deserve at least this. You don't deserve. I anything. hate to talk like I'm. Uh, uh, you know, like the progressive commercial, you turn into your father. Yeah. But I worked four jobs at once when I was 19, tried to pay for my wedding. I got married young, you know. Yeah, I dated and, four girls at once. It's a tough, <laughs> tough. So I can all? empathize with you, David. <laughs> Believe me, I know what it's like. I heard, you, you, I go, heard. you jump from one foot to the other. You don't know what you said over here to over there. You know what I mean. Uh, did I reveal too much? Yes. No, no, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> you know what I thought was great though about his video, just to close up. If you looked at 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 the uh, at beyond where David was, the line of people was impressive to be out in that cold for yeah. that long. It, uh, it was like you're looking down the street. Since six in the morning. What's people. that theater hold? Twenty five hundred. It was it built was, uh, it was 94 insane. years ago. Um, it's home to the Sioux City Orchestra. Uh, a lot of Broadway events tour through there. A mm -hmm. uh, small city, 85,000 people. Um, but you know what? I would live there in a second. Uh, we're getting some emails in. I just want to, um, we got on this uh, married thing, and now I'm getting all kinds of emails I want to acknowledge. So uh, Maureen says, um, Big D, happy to hear about happy marriages. We're heading to 49 wow. years. Wow. Holy, holy, that's awesome. We're very, bre uh, very uh, blessed. Yeah, no, uh, yes, very blessed. 
Uh, we love your show and all the guys. David Z is awesome. So there you go. From Maureen. Uh, take that. Son. Thank you, Maureen. Sorry, Ronald Maureen. says, my <laughs> wife and I have been married for 58 years. Oh, Jeez. my God. I'm wow. That. Look at this. That's awesome. Uh, Ross says, uh, Cindy and I have been married for 43 years. Wow. Um, and then Clinton, who started all this, says they're based in Texas. Are you in a different uh-huh. chat? Wow. Is that Rumble? These are emails. emails. Oh, email. Wow. These are emails from the audience coming in now. Great. So, I mean, look at those numbers we just went through. That's crazy. That's, That's impressive. Great. Yeah. That, that is very impressive. Very impressive. So, wow. 1965. A long time ago to get married. That's awesome. Yeah. And like we said, um, some pretty big numbers out there. So, congratulations <laughs> yeah, to all of them. Damon still doesn't know how old he is. <laughs> <laughs> I know how old I am. I'm 52, uh, 51. I got 51. 51. So, thank you very much. Hey, you want I know I only look 31. What? You want a quick news uh, item here? Yeah. All right. Uh, from the uh, I Didn't Kill Myself segment oh, of God. the news. Oh, here form, we go. For, this is coming this. from Liz Croken. She's great. Uh, former CEO of Abercrombie. <laughs> no, the appropriate last name for this. For this segment. Yeah, perfect for Halloween. For the I Ain't Croken segment from yeah. Liz Croken. Here we go. Uh, former CEO of Abercrombie & Fitch, who's connected to Jeffrey Epstein and Les Wexner, accused oh. of running a sex trafficking ring with over 100 victims during his 22-year tenure. Yes, the former model for uh, Abercrombie & Fitch on Friday sued the fashion retailer, alleging it allowed its former CEO, Mike Jeffries, to run a sex trafficking organization during his 22-year tenure. Abercrombie is owned by L Brands, which was owned and run by Les Wexner. Uh, Pretty much a, a, a regular staple name when it comes to child trafficking it seems like these days jeffrey abstein managed his money and was very close it was his strong opinion that wexner was one of epstein's co-conspirators in this ring and was part of epstein's uh inner circle clearly it it's tied to it at the best uh jeffrey's left abercrombie in 2014 and uh faced criticism for the company's sexualization and marketing and billboards of beefy models that alienated potential customers who didn't fit its image so you know another very famous uh very famous fashion person connected to jeffrey epstein she went to university of iowa Liz Croker. oh yeah speaking of iowa we love iowa a great state. All right, one more segment to do on a Halloween night. Live from Studio 6B, back with sports and more news right after this. Great job with the music, friend. I love the music all night long. Halloween music. It's been great. So look at this. I just got an email from our friend Michael Curtis. Frankenstein over here. And the, uh, <laughs> and the six Lurch. string. I have to say it's slow so I can get it out. Six string soldiers. Say that three times fast. Remember them? Yeah. We played them on the show. They yep. had some great stuff. Yeah. Well, look at this picture. They got to play the Grand Old Opry. Oh, nice. And there they wow. are in the circle with Michael. Oh, yeah. That's great. He just sent that to me. So that's just fantastic. Yeah, they, they got were, to play the, the Opry. Is that where we're going to do the road show? Six String Soldiers did the uniform. Remember, we played that video, the uniform yeah. on the Opry stage. Here's a pic with them in the circle with me. 
So that's pretty cool, right? That's very awesome. Cool. Yeah, very cool. So, all right, let's do some more sports before we wrap it up here. And then I got a clip of Chris Ray I want to get to from today's hearings as he was asked about what the threat is to the homeland. Uh, so we'll get to that uh, from Rick Scott from Florida asked him. But let's do sports. Sports is brought to you by MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B when you shop there. Great stuff from Lindell. And, of course, our code will save you great savings. And then we'll give you free merch for using it. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? All right. One more sweep of the scoreboard. The World Series, nobody's apparently watching. But the range is bombing the Diamondbacks 10-1. to 1. Wow. Hey, Arizona did get one run, so there could be a comeback here. It's only bottom of the fifth. You never know. But, no, I think that game's pretty much toast. And uh, Rangers looking to take a commanding 3-1 to 1 lead in the World Series and bring a title back to Texas. We're going to get to the uh, NHL just one game in action right now. Kings over the Maple Leafs, 3-0, end of two. Predators and Canucks, puck drop at 10 p.m. out in Vancouver. Knicks taking care of business in Cleveland, 106-88, to go in the fourth. Seems like they got that one in hand. Spurs, Suns, Magic Clippers, 10 and 10.30, tip-offs respectively. Hey, how about this story, Big D? Aaron Rodgers' ESPN broadcast feed appears to cut off after Aaron Rodgers starts talking about Vaccine. One of Todd Houston and Breitbart reporting viewers of an ESPN feed for the Pat McAfee show reported their screen suddenly went dark when the host started using the words vaccine, spike protein during an appearance of New York Jets QB Aaron Rodgers on Tuesday. A video of the incident, Rodgers started talking about his Halloween costume and co-host A.J. Hawk asked if Rodgers' costume was Anthony Fauci. McAfee then chimed <laughs> in to ask if he was dressed as the coronavirus vaccine. And the feed apparently just cut out. Rodgers, of course, has repeatedly taking jabs at the jab on the McAfee show back in 2021. For instance, Rogers said that he was uh, in the crosshairs of the woke mob over his vaccine skepticism after he had told the world that he was not vaccinated, even though he was a member of the NFL, which was pushing the vax hard. So that's all well documented. But very interesting how that feed went out. Could have just been one of those streaming issues, Big D, but... Well, he's on every Tuesday. Yeah. And he talks about it a lot. So, I mean, I would tend to think that maybe it could be an honest mistake because he talks about it every week, and I've never seen it happen. I mean, that's, uh, where, he, yeah. that's where he called Kelsey Mr. Pfizer. <laughs> I think it was Pfizer. the spike protein yeah. did it. Mr. Pfizer. <laughs> and just one more quick one. Deion Sanders wants Colorado players reimbursed after robbery. They're not even talking about the game. Mark Schleyback of ESPN, Colorado coach Deion Sanders on Tuesday called on the NCAA or the Rose Bowl to reimburse his players who were robbed of jewelry, cash, and other items from their locker room during last week's 28-16 loss uh, at UCLA. Bruins officials confirmed Monday that the athletic department had filed a report with the Pasadena Police Police Department regarding items that were reportedly stolen from the Buffalo's locker room. All kids got robbed during the game last week. I think that's a travesty, Sanders told reporters during a news conference in Boulder, Colorado. I would accept the I would expect the NCAA to do something about that. This is the Rose Bowl. They said the granddaddy of them all, right? I'm sure granddaddy had some money. Grandpa should should have some money to give these kids. The Bruins <laughs> play their home games at the Rose Bowl, which is about 26 miles northeast of UCLA campus. The stadium is owned by the city of Pasadena and managed by the Rose Bowl. So Dion says, uh, I'm going to have a list made up uh, from these young men, and I know they're going to be truthful about what they lost yeah. so we can try and get oh, it back sure. for them. Sanders. I don't know about that. Hey, listen, he's lost his season. I think they've lost, man, what, I was, three I was just thinking, one. boy, the, yeah, the story of they, college football started get, out so good and yeah. heading for a total oh, disaster They got here, Buffalo, Colorado. man. Yeah, they're not for prime time anymore. No. That's it, Big D. That's a wrap. It's um, back to you. Delgado, yeah. Becky327 wants to know who dressed up as 2 a.m. Hammer Fight Club tonight. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> a good, that's a good question, I don't actually. know. I think you're going to have to visit San Francisco to see, yeah. see how they're dressed up for that. Uh, a couple other things have come in.
Jason. Um, Vic says, David Zier, your street interviews were spot on, true to your network's name. Nice. They tell the story of true political undercurrent in America. And then in a current game of, um, well, one-upping one another on the marriage thing here, we have Carol who says they've been together 61 years. Wow. 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 We have somebody who said also 62. George George says 61. We just celebrated wow. 61. Good year, 62. And then we have Janet who went for the title. We have been married 68 years. Wow. Damn. That, had to be, that, had to, that had to be on Rumble, right? <laughs> After that 68 years. Man. Wow. Wow. Is that possible? Wow. That, yeah, <laughs> that's possible. I've heard eight, I've heard eighty yeah. years. I've heard, I've seen couples yeah, that have lived to hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's, they end up starting to look like each other. It's it's really weird. It's like whoa. Brenda says, guys, I love the show. Watch every night. My parents were married at eighteen, married for sixty-two years. Dad's still going with me strong at eighty-six. Wow. God bless. God wow. bless. Congrats. So a lot of great emails coming in. A lot of great marriages out there. On I can't the, believe these, watch these this, old uh, show. people know how to use email. That's the most surprising thing. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, what else is going on in the news we haven't covered, Delgado? Anything uh, from you? Real quick, I know you wanted to talk about this, but it's the story of the FBI director, his name, Christopher Ray, telling a Senate committee that threats against Americans have risen to a new level. Uh, you can watch it here as he's questioned by Senator Rick Scott. You've we got have, this. Uh, yeah, we have the clip right clip, here. Roll right? it, Aaron. Is it fair for the American people to interpret this as you or the FBI are not concerned at all with a coordinated attack by foreign terrorists on, American so- on Americans here on U.S. soil? Uh, no, that would not be how they should interpret it. That's why I said we cannot and do not discount it. Uh, it is true that over the last several years, and I think Director Abizade said something similar in her opening statement, that we went through a period where the traditional structured foreign terrorist organization threat in the U.S. subsided some in favor of this inspired, ISIS-inspired, let's say, attack. That's passed. But that, while that threat hasn't gone away, to be clear, that threat has not gone away, what has now increased is the greater possibility of one of these foreign terrorist organizations uh, directing an attack uh, in the United States. We haven't seen evidence that it's actually happening yet, but what we have seen is, and I listed them off in my opening remarks, one terrorist organization after another calling for attacks. Uh, and so we should we, wake up. It is a time to be concerned. Yeah. Uh, we are in a dangerous period. It is a time to be concerned. Yeah. We are in a dangerous period. And he's talking mostly about overseas threats calling for things here. Not even addressing really what's happened at the border. Right. And one part that we didn't include there is when uh, is when Rick Scott, that senator, Asked Ray during this committee hearing, he said, is the United States safer from foreign terror threats today? Are we safer than than when Joe Biden took office from the day he took office? From there, there was a long pause that was noted by a lot of people watching this thing. Mm. And then he went on to say it wasn't a yes or no answer. He said, what I would say to you is that the terror threats have elevated. But I also think there are a lot of things in this country has done throughout law enforcement to be better prepared to deal with them. He said, not directly saying whether the country has become safer under Biden's watch. Yeah, going after Catholics. Yeah. That's how he's doing. And, uh, Sitting in the parking lot at school board meetings. Right. We got that down to a science. <laughs> We're really good at that. Yeah, and arresting uh, you know, pro-lifers. Yeah. Uh, David Zier, anything else on your plate tonight we haven't covered? Uh, no, we got to everything. I want to thank you so much. Uh, I'll be back in a few days.
We'll see you on Thursday nice. and Friday. Anything else, uh, Delgado, on your plate? No, thanks for the warning, David Zier. <laughs> <laughs> Delgado's <laughs> off all next week. Yes, I'm off all next week. <laughs> Where are you going? Uh, I would love to say vacation, but we're doing college tours. Oh, nice. oh okay, Yay. very good. So Delgado will be off next week. So yep. maybe David Zier will be here to sit in a little bit next week as well. Uh, I'll leave you my Loch Ness Monster. Let's go. Well, we hope you had a great um, <laughs> trick-or-treat if you did, Halloween night. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks to the serial killer, a.k.a. Aaron and Fran. All a great job, as always. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B audience. We will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here at Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B.